Welcome to the Customs House with Carlo and Phil. My name is Carlo, and this is the podcast where people from all over the world come together to exchange ideas and share their stories of Asia and the world. Every episode, we hope to give you some fresh perspectives to sail away with you as you set off on your own personal adventures. My name is Phil, and today's guest is a very, very good friend of the Customs House. Uh, she is an old friend of ours, and we've worked with her in countries like India, Taiwan, and Norway. And since she's moved to New York, the Big Apple, she's now pursuing her dreams and making her name in the food industry, uh, while caref- carefully rubbing shoulders with New York's elite. Please welcome Miss Donna Cruz. Hello, Donna. Hey guys, thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's a Saturday night there. I can't believe that you're taking the time out to, you know, know. Uh, take uh, part schedule. of your weekend. Well, well, I'd say, Carlo, like we are being part of the podcast has become like a Saturday night out thing. I think we've reached that status where we're as fun as going to a party. <laughs> <laughs> Well, minus, say, minus the shots. <laughs> yeah, well, I must say, I mean, with everything that's happened, I think, you know, normally be out and about, like partying or like doing your normal routine. I think with the pandemic, it's really just kind of strengthen your bonds, like catching up with people that you don't normally catch up with or see. And I think that's one thing that is very good and very you know, like a good development from this whole kind of sad. Um, are, are people meeting up face to face in New York right now? Um, there are. Like today, I went out, and people still, you know, they go drinking, they go, um, they eat outside. But um, I mean, personally, I try not to be around those crowds. So I'm not as aware, but I do see photos, and I do, you know, in my area there are pubs and. Um, that are open in restaurants. So yeah, it's, mm, uh, people go out and I think people try to do social distancing vacations. So I've had the privilege of actually leaving the city twice. Um, mm. Like renting your own car, going to a secluded like farm, doing mm, hikes. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's think, a benefit of living in a big country like the US. You can go yeah. wherever. I think it's also the advantage of like, you know, just like there's, like New York State is huge. Um, honestly, there were so many rental cars when we when we went there because it's kind of like no one was renting it during that time. I think it was yeah. early June. Um, and yeah, and like it was such a privilege to like you know you just really realize how important being mm. outdoors is after a while. And yeah, that was really nice. So absolutely, yep. absolutely. Yeah. How about uh, do you think uh, apart from COVID, do you think uh, you your perspective on how you see New York, uh, you think it's changed since you moved there? Um, yeah, I mean, so so when I moved to New York, like just um, a brief like history into how I ended up here, like, um, so I moved here around 2015. Um, when I first moved here, I just was after World Eye Reports where, you know, we all worked together. Um, and when I moved here, it was kind of like, random i was really trying to be in the west coast Mm. Um, i knew i wanted to be in food i knew i wanted to work in the u.s because i had an american passport so i always wanted to experience that um but it just ended up that the opportunities that were or the people that were responding to me were in new york so it kind of just Mm. fell into place 
Um, I never really liked New York, to be honest. When I mm. first, when I was younger, I remember it being dirty, being like crazy and all that. But coming here when I was, what, 27, it was crazy. It was like the best experience. I fell in love with New York, basically. I know it's like so cliche, <laughs> but after World Die, I just felt like I needed roots and everything was like, I was in Japan. I got to see all these things and I just wasn't excited and I knew something was wrong. Like I needed to find my place. Um, after being in San Francisco for six months, like trying to find work and I felt like, after all the years in World Eye, it didn't, or, you know, doing this advertorial mm. job, traveling, after all those accomplishments, San Francisco didn't really respond, was very, it was mm. very mm. kind of, you know, um, hurtful, and I, you know, my ego was bruised. So when New York came, I was like, okay, I'm gonna try it, we'll figure it out. I came here with a round trip ticket for two weeks and did a bunch of interviews and got the job. So it was very, it was very, like, movie it was kind of a movie movie ending because I had six months and then last two weeks I found an apartment, found a job, and then yeah, just basically moved my had a suitcase and moved here. Like I wow. I remember I came from LaGuardia, Halloween night, moved in. My roommate back then, um, and I found him on Craigslist, which <laughs> supposedly Oh my god, like, are you serious? <laughs> that. that was a risky and move. I, so I am the 1% that actually found roommates there that were decent. Like, everyone was telling me, oh my gosh, people find, like, serial killers there, whatever. But <laughs> these guys ended up having, like, master's degrees, studied in uh, John Hopkins. Like, very, like, I was, I felt really blessed because it just really panned out. Like, it felt like it was meant to be. at the. It was, like, right place, right time. Um, yeah, I remember I had my luggage come in. It was Halloween night, and my area was, like, packed with, like, people in costumes, like very New York. It's like, uh -huh. where and like, and then guess what? This was 2015, right before the elections. My roommate answered the door. Guess what his costume was? Uh, uh, Barack Obama. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> and it was funny oh that he had a red hat. I was like, we were laughing. And then, <laughs> you know, I come here and it was just, you know, it was vibrant. It was like, any, like after feeling tired of like you know needing the roots i i couldn't figure out where i needed to be new york was like here it felt like i needed to be here and when i got the job and when i experienced everything it, it felt right um everyone was just very cool interesting like there was like one thing that i really noticed the area i live in the first few days i moved in or the first few weeks i lived here everyone either would hear italian or french or like everyone just felt so international and you know i mean i think before coming to the u.s especially spending a lot of time in europe you know there's this kind of stigma sometimes that it's very you know sheltered or close-minded i felt new york didn't have that coming from the west coast it was very different i felt they were so much mm -hmm. more open so much more european and i love yeah. that um, you know, I think that's why, you know, people have such a, you know, uh, idealized or romanticized, you know, uh, vision of what New York is. You're talking yeah. to two people who barely spent any time in New York. Phil's never yeah. been. I've only been for like two days. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was the same as you. you know, I, I arrived in New York and I thought of like, what is this place? Like, it's just full of tourists. There's just garbage everywhere, you yeah. know, just so chaotic. And I yeah. could, you know, I, I, it, it was a struggle for me to understand why people still, you know, uh, had this uh, 
uh, idea of New York as a, yeah. a melting pot, as a, a great place to, to work and live and to experience yeah. things. Uh, and your experience is just a, you know, a proof of that, I suppose. Yeah. I think, I, I told this to someone, but I think New York people are just so expressive. Like, you're walking down the, I mean, you're walking down the street. People will either be super stylish. Like, I felt like when I came here, people would notice my bag or something I had ethnic from the Philippines. Like, people were just either expressing through music. Like, the subway was like a concert. It just felt like everyone was just expressing something or kind of communicating in some form or another. Um, and it was just alive. Like, I don't know. There was just this creativity in the air. Like, food also, like... When I came here, everyone knew adobo. That was like for me the <laughs> fact that people knew. Like I, yeah. I came into my job. Someone was from the Caribbean. Like I really felt wow. like everyone is from everywhere. That everyone knew every cuisine, and there's like a whole area of like Filipinos and Queens. Um, yeah, it's just it's like almost not every nationality they have a neighborhood here, and that so, for me was like world eye or like my experience of being abroad in one city, which was amazing. So how do you think like you've changed now, like yeah. as a person in general? Just it sounds like it's such a it's it's such a eye-opening place to be yeah. exposed to all of these cultures, to be okay. around all of these people. So do you feel like you've changed a lot um, since you've moved there? Yeah, I mean for sure. When you know the first year, I it was like I really felt it was a relationship. Like the first year was like honeymoon stage like I loved everything about it um and I was just like yeah trying to experience everything and go to say yes to everything um I remember back then I would do trips on the weekends and like just always you know and the good thing with New York is because it's so central you're near Europe and you can go anywhere like it's a main it's an international airport it's a it's basically like you know a melting pot so everyone comes from everywhere and you can fly anywhere um so i think in the beginning like definitely i was very enthusiastic about a lot of things and i think now that i've been here for almost five years i've definitely kind of chilled out um it's i don't think it's necessarily bad i think it's just a progression um I've, you know, with all the highs, there were also like lows with New York. I think it's very extreme. Um, you know, I, I got to experience the nightlife. I got to meet so much people. But then you also struggle with like, okay, there's, it's so expensive. Um, I mean, when I came here, I didn't know anything about taxes, about healthcare. Like me and my friends, I had Japanese, a Japanese friend and a, and a, a Filipino friend and we were like this healthcare thing it's crazy like coming into this there was just a lot of things that I had to get used to um so I, I guess like what I really am trying to say is that there's so much good things depending on what you're looking for I think if it's like um obviously opportunity it's great but then now looking long term um in terms of just social social services I feel like the U.S. or New York is still lacking in that in terms of if you want to have a family or if mm. you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like health, like now with COVID, I guess it really comes to mind because I feel like I know a lot of people are hesitant because of like medical bills or mm. a lot of issues now with like childcare. Mm. Um, I mean, things that you'd think for a first world 
it wouldn't be I, coming here yeah. you know yeah. it's the land of like opportunity which it is but you get surprised by how much bureaucracy and kind mm, of backward mm. policies they have in terms of just social um, like services i i think that's the there are those kinds of cities like i think when you're traveling and when you're deciding to work abroad actually the thing about cities is that there are those kinds of places where it's for your 20s or it's for your yeah. 30s but then yeah. there are those cities where it's also when you're for your 40s or your 50s and also there are cities when you're in your 60s so it sounds like new york from your experience sounds like it's a place where it's a it's a great place where you can build your career build your exactly. kind of global perspective but so do you feel like you're going to move out of New York um, once you have like little Donna babies? <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't want to have kids here. Um, mm. I just, it's just not the most ideal place just because like last year, I remember I went to Germany and Berlin um, and the moms there were all like having their kids. Like they just, I felt like they were so happy. Mm. A few days later, I flew back. Um, I was in the subway, and there was a mom dressed going to work, and she had a baby in the subway. And it was totally opposite of how the moms in Berlin were, who were like relaxing in the middle of the day. They look so like relaxed, and there seemed to be obviously support there. And you know, it's 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 crazy how these are both like modern cities, but basic childcare and all those things that mm. you look for when you want to have a family, it's it's totally different. So yeah, I mm. mean. Um, I feel bad whenever I see um, families in the subway. So it's, it's, it's a lot. Like a lot of places here don't have elevators. It's really for the young. Like yeah. I, I feel bad for elderly people. People here walk fast. So mm. there's just so much like you need to be, it's kind of very competitive. So you have to have that same mindset. Um, and yeah. it's kind of a disadvantage when you have a family or, you know what I mean, disability and stuff like that. So yeah. it's, it's, um, that's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like New York over the years, over the you know decades of being such a successful place has kind of forgotten about some of the small things. Um, you know, like obviously New York's been a place for entrepreneurship, for business, for you know just living life and experiencing uh, you know the outside world, really outside of the U.S. At least for Americans, right? And uh, you know they they've been so preoccupied with that that they've forgotten about basic stuff like uh, childcare. Yeah. Uh, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, being more friendly to the elderly, for example, yeah. I guess it's just not a place where, I mean, you know, even, you know, New York subway is quite infamous, really, for, for yeah. not being uh, very well maintained. Yeah. Those, those small things, I think. Yeah. I must say, though, one of the things that surprised me about New York was I actually find that people here, even if, you know, I mean, hit or miss, but people here are nice. I mean... It's weird, like they're 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 like direct, but they're nice in the sense of like okay, just a example. Recently, my I have a roommate, so also that's something I feel in New York. Like even when you're much older, you have to share space. So like you sometimes have flatmates. <laughs> um, but anyways, I have a roommate, and she was biking and she lost her wallet. This was like what last month. And for some reason, I was like, I feel like someone's going to return it to you because a lot of my friends here have either lost a wallet, lost phones. People find a way. They mail it to you. They call you. So within an hour, the person was messaging her. She's like, I've been trying to find you. Gave her back her. Wow. Like, it, was this, it was like a branded like wow. Chanel. 
money was there, everything. And she was like, here you go. And that's New York. That's like chances of her finding a wallet. Like I, I've heard of this across different, you know, friends and I've seen it happen. So it's interesting. Like New York can be tough, but it has a heart, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, I've seen people go out of their way and they just, you know, I mean, now it's kind of, I don't know, with COVID and everything, people are kind of tense. There's definitely yeah. a sense of homelessness. Like, yeah. like there's just more people that are in need. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this sense of like uneasiness. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel, to be completely transparent, I don't feel as safe as I used to. I felt safer here than San Francisco. I've never felt unsafe. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. never, I've never felt that. Like I can walk home alone, like at night. Um, but lately, because of I guess lack of social services, maybe people mm-hmm. are. What my friend was mentioning was that a lot of people that are in need, whether it's you know um, drug abuse or other psychological issues, cannot be helped. Like our yeah. social services are lacking. Um, yeah. And they're also emboldened by the by the whole protest. Um, that yeah. the I mean the NYPD are a bit more lax. Mm. Um, it used to feel like I'm in the safest city because it has the most, you know, um, police force. But with the recent um, protests, that definitely kind of has shifted the policies and, yeah. and just the general perspective. It's obviously like uh, it's clear to me that it's uh, New York is almost like a microcosm of. America as a whole, like uh, it's the epitome of capitalism. Yeah. You know, there there will be always have <clears throat> there will always be the have-nots and the haves. Yeah. The haves yeah. and the have-nots rather, and uh, especially in a capitalist place like New York, you know, that's unfortunately how it's become. You know, people got get forgotten. You know, uh, social services get brushed to the side in in favor of you know just making money. Perhaps I think that's yeah. uh, that's probably where it's gone over the years. I'm interested, you know, you just mentioned about the police and, you know, the, you know, the, the protests and whatnot. How's that experience uh, been for you? I obviously, the three of us, we all have our own kind of like immigrant stories, but I would say Donna, yours is probably one of the more, you know, quote unquote, the, the, the stereotypical immigrant, you know, experience of moving to America, you know, that whole shebang of, you know, not knowing what you're getting into. Obviously, you have a little bit of uh, advantage. Obviously, you were an American citizen to begin with, so it's easier for you to get in. Yeah. But despite that, you still pretty much went through all the motions, you know, um, you know as yeah. you mentioned earlier, looking for an apartment, looking for a job, not having any network. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a big York, deal. Pretty much. So yeah. how's it been for you as an immigrant during this time of uh, upheaval, perhaps, and, you know, the way people think about Black Lives Matter and, you know, uh, all of that? So I, I honestly, it's such a topic that I feel so insecure talking about just because I feel like I didn't grow up in the U.S. and there's just so much history, like being raised in the Philippines. I feel like it's a totally different when you talk about racism. There's so much backstories there. So I think when mm-hmm. everything um, happened, a lot of my friends and I actually started to educate ourselves um, just good. really reading up on like white fragility, on like whiteness, like these podcasts, the history. I mean, we don't have as much understanding of the history of America as obviously Americans do. So it was just getting that and like reaching out to friends that might 
be a good resource. Um, but personally, I mean, I definitely coming here, it was different um, because as you said, I didn't study in the U.S. I didn't come from a, you know, U.S. university. I didn't have that in my resume. So it's kind of like starting from scratch. Like they had to trust in my, I guess, my international experience. Um, I mean, it was definitely, I felt like a disadvantage not having a network. Um, and at the same time, I, in general, I do feel like in some ways, my race or how I look did affect certain certain career, I mean, some career relationships or just, mm, mm, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I just never felt that, I guess, in Manila. Um, I, mm. Weird, because you, when I came here, I was thinking the U.S. was so much more progressive. I mean, that was the, I mean, impression. Like, mm -hmm. you know, coming from an Asian country, country or third world, I, I would think, like, they're more progressive. But I did see in some ways that there was a lot of like traditional mentality um i also worked with some well i guess also because of the company i worked for a lot of them were legacy employees mm. not so much younger so i felt like there was this tradition that they needed they had an image of how people had to be i was coming in i was younger i was like you know, they had this idea of how people or things had to be done. And so that was something that was hard for me coming from, I guess, where we all work. We were much younger. We were very dynamic. People were much more supportive. That was something I had to prove. Um, and thankfully, you know, I was able to do that. But it, there was a lot of, like, second guessing. And I guess people would just not kind of see my work for what it is and rather kind of judge me. And, yeah. Uh, Right. I think there's an interesting way of how you can look at that. Like for me, I also, I was part of like a company prior that wasn't in a way the best company to be in. Like I did felt like um, because of how I was and how I looked, there was some disadvantage to that. Um, and there are some restrictions to certain opportunities. But I think like how I personally look into those kinds of experiences, it was a masterclass of how not to start a business. Like if you're going to start your own business, Donna, that's exactly how you should not do it. And yeah. I think like that's, you can look at it in two ways. It can be either a good thing or a bad thing. The bad thing, uh, I mean, if you look at it in a good way, at least you know how you should take care of people who are under your kind of influence. Yeah. And at the same yeah, time, absolutely. you already know what kind of companies you should avoid. But I also yeah. just want to call out, you, the first thing that you mentioned there about, you know, you were talking about the topic of racism. I love it that one of the things that you said was you educated yourself which I feel yeah. like is the responsibility of every citizen uh, to be more aware of a lot of these things, whether it's in the US or in the Philippines or anywhere in Southeast Asia, you have to educate yourself before you speak, because I feel like there's a lot of people who speak without educating themselves about these. Absolutely. Issues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that. And I feel like it's such a heated topic, but I feel like it's so hard to get into it at times. Um, mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only way, like, knowledge is the only key to really understanding. And also, like, reaching out to the parties that might be concerned, like, Correct. getting their perspective. Because even saying that, I never knew that saying, oh, we judge people or we hire people based on qualifications can be kind of a racist comment. Because obviously, everyone is affected by external mm -hmm. appearances. 
it's like little like you wouldn't even know like i i was reading about this and i and and, and if you say i have how could i be racist i have i have you know these kinds of friends or i'm, I'm friends with all kinds of races like that can also be seen as kind of a racist comment so it, it's just kind of being more aware of, mm -hmm. of yeah it, it, it's do you think do you think times are changing in new york like for for the good um i think there's i mean it i think there's a lot of things happening it's just it's i don't feel like it's definitely not the new york pre-covid um but i do think it's kind of an await and see to be honest because there's just who knows there's so many things hanging in the balance i feel like everyone's just kind of holding their breath like people are kind of acting out there's just kind of an uneasiness and yeah it's it's too hard it's too soon to tell personally i think um it's just different i think mm. for now there there's good and bad it, it's really yeah right i mean I'm, I'm waiting for the next movie that i can watch that's set in new york that where you know, obviously new york's the 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 city that's been blown up the most yeah. in hollywood so really? um i i don't know i'm i'm assuming i've just seen so many movies in new york that have gotten you know uh you know terrorized by like uh monsters and aliens and whatnot yeah um i don't know when the next movie's gonna come out i'm just waiting for that uh, yeah. well i mean like it's not even just movies like uh there's a documentary now on Netflix. It's called Fear City, which essentially Ooh, talks yes. about the, the era of the mafia in New York and around the 1970s, 1980s. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really portray New York in a great way. And again, it, start, it makes me question, like, why do people love New York? Why would people want to go to that place? Because it sounds like, because the documentary shows like how the mob essentially controlled everything. Like from yeah. the ports to the re to the garment sector to restaurants. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so like I feel like New York, interestingly, gets a bad rep from all of these stories, from all of these news articles. But at the same time, people still love to go there. Like yeah. for me, like I would want to visit someday. I would want to taste. Yeah. Is the New York pizza really different? Or <laughs> I want to see if Hamilton is really something that is worth you know, going to. So yeah. yeah. I think for me, what was super interesting was just, like you said, like there's so much history. So I live in the Lower East Side where the, like there were tenements here. A lot of the Jews had to stay in uh, during um, the World War, like after the World War, I believe they were staying in this area. So my building back then was pre-war. It's just Whoa. like when I would walk down the streets, I'm like every single building here has been around for how long? And I think there's just so much history. Like mm. when I first, first few months, I would walk down and I would get this feeling of like, which you guys mentioned in your first episode. It's like, what? I'm in freaking New York. Like it's <laughs> kind of surreal. It's, um, it's very like I would go to Central Park and it's, it's very, yeah, it's very romantic. It's like very yeah. idealized and, 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 and you don't lose that. It's like, there are moments that you're really like, wow, this city is, is, amazing um but i i think what really makes it so great is that there's just so much like the 1918 pandemic supposedly came from a uh, 1918 right the first flu supposedly came from new york like there's so much really? things also like yeah like i learned that recently like the, <laughs> the spanish flu spanish flu yeah so i mean when you think about it so much has happened to the city like 9 11 like it's 
yeah. there's so much um, just major world events that have happened. And I think what happened recently with COVID was, was kind of, it was just weird. It was, it was like me and my friends. So a lot of my friends, we would just watch Como's like um, daily briefings. That was like our lifeline. Chris about, <laughs> yes. So like, um, <laughs> go, he was the best. Like he just kept everyone sane. Like I would hear, like we always had sirens here. Like it's like a mainstay mm. of like, you know. New I York. think there was a siren that went in the background earlier on and I was, was like, there? oh, that's so, that's so New York. Yeah, yeah but, but imagine during like the peak of it, I would just hear them like come by and I was just like, count. there was a day I would count. Like I was like, mm. and you would hear helicopters during the Black Lives Matter Man, every it's night. crazy. Is so it still like that lot. until now? Is it? No, I mean, it's, it's definitely calmed down. I think what I'm so impressed about is when this first happened the pandemic i i wore a mask like probably early march and people were looking at me and now it's like everyone's wearing a mask and for a western country i feel like that i mean specifically i guess the u.s i feel like that was such a you know development like in a few few months ago it was you know compared to asia where it's it's um, kind of standard so yeah 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 well here in singapore like everybody has a mask like and i think what I love about Singapore is that they were very efficient in terms of how they wanted to control the virus very early on. Like everybody, there was a mandate that everybody needs to wear a mask. If you're outside, this yeah. is the things that you can do. Um, it was very funny because the government said don't wear masks first here in Singapore. Yeah, so it's funny how everybody just like, oh, well, the government said not to wear masks. So everybody did not wear a mask at all. And then once the government said wear a mask, everybody wore a mask. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. Like you as a government, I think you need to call out if you've made a mistake. Yeah. Um, instead of like, because I've seen some politicians all over the world mm-hmm. that do not want to admit that admit. they've made a mistake and then they're just doubling down on their stupid decision. Yeah. Um, I know you guys know who, you know, I know there are a lot yeah. of mistakes out there. Yeah. But, but that's a sign of a mature... Um, and it's a sign of a mature, I guess, democracy and a, a mature government yeah. for, a, mm-hmm. for someone to do that. Yeah, so it's, it's very interesting. I, I, I remember reflecting on this because I moved here 2015, right before the elections. I was super optimistic. I was like starting a new life for having a female president. And it was my first <laughs> time to vote. And I remember I was with one of our common friends. I think Nico was here. Um, I was here with his girlfriend and we were watching the results. Oh, we man. were in the East Village and New York is very progressive, right? Yeah. Going to the, we go into a bar, we're seeing the counting and we're like, what Wait, what's happening? going on? What's going on? Everyone, there's like one like, <laughs> maybe Trump supporter, but everyone is like, and then her, the girlfriend, like her, um, her friend's girlfriend starts crying she's like i think i'm oh, in wow. this feels like a movie yeah. i come home we all sleep at three o'clock we watch for like the concert i think hillary had a concession speech i come into yeah. work the next day everyone on the subway is super like somber like everyone yeah. was just yeah. the world turned the- upside down yeah, yeah. and and yeah. so this is four years after I think one thing that my friends and I definitely made the decision on was that because of all the protests like Black Lives Matter, one thing that we really, the only way you can really make your voice heard is if you vote. Mm, Like educating yourself and mm. like voting. Fine, maybe the person you chose would not win, but you made a decision to be like, hey, let's support this person that believes in our 
and in on these like great policies. So, yeah. you know, I've I've really made the decision to um because I'm registered as a for a certain party. So during the primaries I made sure to vote. So Good. that's one thing that I, I really, you know, um try to to help or just like that's yeah. clear action. Um, I, yeah. I remember that day that uh Trump won, even here in Singapore, some of my friends we gathered together and we you're just like, we need to drink. We need to drink. The yeah. world's, they're not like, I can only imagine even for us, like uh, halfway around the world, yeah. we were super concerned about who won. Like yeah. I can only imagine the next day in New York on the subway. Yeah. I well, mean, that- people took, sorry, people took days off. People were crying. Like it was like people had mental days throughout like the city, like yeah. jobs. Yeah. People let their workers it, go home. Really. It does show like the dominance of, you know, the U.S. as well. If, you know, like there's no other election around the world where people all over the world literally tune in and are waiting with the citizens of that country for the results mm-hmm. of their elections. And because that's, a re- again, I guess it's also a representation of New York is that it's so global. The U.S. has connections everywhere that whatever happens there impacts even us here in Singapore or Absolutely. in the Philippines. Like even Black Lives Matter. If you think about it, it is a very, it, it was like a very US centric conversation in the beginning. Yeah. But look at it, how it's been impacting all over the world. Yeah. Um, and I think like that's, that's just really interesting. And, you know, that's, I think that also plays a part into, in terms of the allure of New York. Yeah. Um, is that it's almost a, it's almost a bellwether for the rest of the world. Yeah. World almost like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it's a lot of uh, pop culture trends come from uh, places like New York. In particular, yeah. hip hop and rap started there. Yes, um, yeah. You know, um, major world events, major world news uh, events, like you mentioned, nine eleven, obviously impact everyone. Yeah. Really, it changed the way we we travel. For example, yeah. And a lot of the a lot of the media that we consume as non Americans, you know, we watch on Netflix and whatnot. You know, uh, news about the Central Park Five, for example, or you know, news about protests in New York. They all affect us in one way, shape, or form. Uh, and yeah. I think that's the power of, uh, still, uh, the power of New York in today's day and age. Yeah. Yeah. So, Donna, yeah. would you recommend New York <laughs> to somebody who is thinking of moving to the U.S.? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to have grit. You can't, you know, you have to have the tenacity for it. It's not like a walk in the park. It may be at times, but... I feel like the thing with people here is everyone's hustling. I, it's so cliche, mm. but again, mm, every, you have like to hustle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I was around people and I felt like everyone that wants to be here fought to be here. That's, you uh, fight yeah. to uh, be yeah. here because the rents are, and you have to have a love for it. Like either you're, even if you're an artist and rents like going high, there must be, there has to be a passion or innate love for the city and the people. It can't just be, oh, I'll go to New York because I mean, if you're in finance, maybe you could do that, make money and whatever. Yeah. But yeah. In, in a general sense, you have to have the grit and just like the passion for, for what yeah. the whole package. Isn't that yes. the state motto? Like New York City, hustle. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, one thing I must say about New York is before COVID and everything, nothing stops. Like mm. you can get like I remember my I had a bunch of cousins younger cousins come here and they're like oh my gosh we love your street like everyone's eating pizza <laughs> at like 5 a.m like you can get anything you want 
at any time of the day. Everything is 24 hours. People want to make money. Like wow. it's, yeah, it's like one and of the Let me, the let me of guess, those are all immigrants too, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and like, I, I think one of the biggest things here was, you know, the Philippines obviously were big on Christmas. So December, and I worked in the food industry, which was basically you cater to events. You have, I worked in chocolate, which is gifting yeah. for the holidays. And basically, you work throughout those crazy, crazy periods. And it's expected. Like, people, you're not required to go on, like, long vacations. And that was, like, whoa, like, very capitalist. <laughs> yeah. of, and that's how it is. That's, that's how it, it works here. So, here, yeah, it's great. If you guys were curious, the state motto, motto for New York <laughs> is Excelsior, which uh, in Latin means ever upward. Yeah, okay. that's, what it's, that's what the Governor Cuomo puts in every newsletter, every day. It fits. It really fits. Yeah. And I feel like for you, Donna, I think that's also the trajectory where you are now, ever upward, Donna. Yeah, always. One more 2024. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Donna. I think this is a great way for us to, you know, end the, the episode. Um, you know, thank really you. interesting learning more about New York. Uh, really, it's really getting me excited about when we can open up and travel again. And, you know, I know, I'd love to have you guys. Yeah, it, it, it's a one-of-a-kind experience, for mm. sure. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's funny because I used to work at NBC, like, you know, the NBC of the U.S. And yes. I've always wanted to, like, uh, you know, during my tenure at NBC, I never got to go visit, you know, 30 Rock and... Yeah. You know, watch Jimmy Fallon live, SNL, uh, Saturday Night yeah. Live, uh, yeah. you know, um, at the studio over there. So one day, maybe we can get some tickets. Yeah. For sure. Maybe in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, oh I think that's a, that's a topic for another episode. That's a topic for another episode. Yeah. Well, um, to everyone uh, out there, you know, we, we, we'd love to hear from you, uh, your, all your stories uh, of living abroad. You can email us at thecustomstylespodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram. Uh, the handle is at Customs House Podcast. And we'll see you again next week for our next episode. And uh, do take care and wear a mask. Thank you, everybody. And stay safe and upward um, to everyone. <laughs> <laughs>